Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons with Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. The sermon you are about to hear can also be downloaded at www.grenadachurch.com. We know you are going to be blessed. Now, on to the message. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Can we pray together this morning? Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, that name is above all names. Lord, I, I don't know who is going to hear this message this morning, but I know that it's going across the radio also, and a lot of lives could be impacted by this a message, this invitation, Lord, to come to Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray you would anoint me to speak just for a few moments and anoint us to hear and anoint what goes across the radio. We ask it in Jesus' name and we say amen. When I was a kid, you could go anywhere in the woods or lakes. I don't know if kids still do this, but we have woods around our houses in Arkansas. My grandparents and my mother and father, and there would be acres and acres of woods. We don't even know who they belong to. We'd get out there with rakes and cut trails, and we'd build ramps for our bikes, and you could really do anything. Nobody would say anything to you, but society is, I guess, what they call getting better. Now you have signs, trespass, no trespassing signs everywhere. You can't do this. You can't do that. And even in the cities, you have signs that say, uh, keep off the grass. And that's man's way. God's way is completely different. He opens every door and says to the sinner, come on in and be saved. Heaven has a open door for whosoever will. And God's great purpose in redemption is very clear. God doesn't have uh, a confusing way or many ways to get saved. He has one way, and that's through the open door of Jesus Christ. Man is lost in sin, period. Every single person, man or woman in this world, when you're born into it, you're lost in sin. The sin nature inside of you, in fact, just a little plug for what I'm uh, going to be doing tonight, the sin nature. When you understand what you are, when you understand how you well, were created and then corrupted by the fall of man and the sin nature inside of us, we, we start seeing that we're lost in sin. And God gave his son to redeem them and now invites everyone to come to him through Jesus Christ and to be saved. What God is offering should not be taken lightly. So many times I've stepped up in the pulpit and uh, there has been regret that I haven't preached this more as just basic salvation messages. How can people get saved if we don't preach a salvation message? I know everybody's sitting here this morning in advantage of a small church, but I don't know who's listening over the radio this morning. There's very well could be many people that are not saved. So we have to take a step back probably more often than not, and preach just simple, basic salvation messages. I remember the uh, testimony of the great Billy Graham. One night he had preached and he gave an altar call in front of thousands and thousands of people, and nobody responded. Not one person came to the altar. 
And one of his closest friends that night began to talk to him after the service, and Billy Graham confided in him that he was just shocked nobody come down. And he told Billy Graham, he said, your problem was is you didn't preach the cross. If you had preached the cross, people would have came. So the next night of that revival, Billy Graham preached again, but he preached on the cross. And when he gave the altar call that night, hundreds of people came down to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. So we have to give that message. We have to preach and give that invitation. Matter of fact, the title of my sermon is The Last Invitation. Many years ago, one of the astronauts who walked on the moon was interviewed and asked, what do you think, or what did you think as you stood on the moon and you looked at Earth? And that astronaut replied with this, I remember how the spacecraft was built by the lowest bidder. Amen. (laughs) But we can rejoice, though, that our eternal salvation did not come in at the lowest bidder, but was performed by an infinite God. There is no shortcoming in God's salvation that God offers to everyone. And that invitation runs like a river going through a valley throughout the Bible. Even in the Old Testament, we read in Isaiah, Come, now let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as wool. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Jesus even said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus said again, He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. So we see that invitation is throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. God said you can come to him. And in the new covenant, it's by faith in what Christ has accomplished. God used over 40 men to write the Bible. And the last person to write the books of the Bible was John the Revelator, John the Beloved. And he was imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos when he wrote the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And John was just about to wrap things up. He gave uh, these prophecies and testimonies of things that were and to come. And But God stops him and, and don't write the last amen just yet. Don't seal these books up. Don't keep them secret. And God wanted to give one last invitation. He said, come and let him that hears say, come and let him that's thirsty come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. God did not want to close this final book of the Bible out without giving the final invitation. You think about the book of Revelation. There are judgments upon judgments upon judgments that God is going to put up on this earth. And we're just about to that point. Revelation Reminds me of the times of Noah because Jesus said it would be like the days of Noah. God's going to reach the point. He said, I've had enough. And he, these judgments will begin to be poured out upon the earth. In fact, there's uh, seven seal judgments. There's seven trumpet judgments. And there's seven bowl or vile judgments that are poured up on the earth. And the earth is almost utterly wiped out. There's a battle that happens at Armageddon that the Bible says blood will run deep as a horse's bridle. It will be a horrible time upon this earth. But think of this. God didn't stop there with the judgments. In the very last chapter of the Bible, 
almost the last verse, he said, come. And if you want to drink of this water of life, it's freely given. It's available to you. Whoever hears it, come. Whoever's thirsty, come. And, and, and those that partake of it, tell about this good news, this last invitation. You think of that. After all that will happen on this earth, God said there's still this last invitation. You have to understand, even in the tribulation period, God doesn't cut off salvation. The Holy Spirit will still be working during that time. People will be saved during that time. Salvation doesn't stop at the rapture of the church. It continues on until the end of time. So we have a God that is inviting you today. Maybe he's given somebody one more opportunity to come to Christ. I don't know. Uh, these sermons, I've had sermons from years back that people will write me and tell me that of the, that day they listened to them of how it affected them in their life. So the invitation that I'm giving today will continue on for many years, Lord willing. So who invites the sinner to come? The Holy Spirit invites the sinner to come. The first work of the Holy Spirit is to convict them of sin and point them to Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The modern church has this wrong. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit doesn't play a part in our service and gives us that great feeling and moves among us. And there's some times we have the gifts of the Spirit moving through the church, of course, by the operation and power of the Holy Spirit, but what the Holy Spirit was sent here to do was to convict of sin and point uh, uh, people to Jesus Christ. It is He who brings about repentance and faith which leads to salvation. So if you hear or read something that convicts you of sin, and maybe the thought should come to you that Jesus should be your Savior, that is the work of the Spirit. That's the work of the third person of the Godhead doing a work inside the center. Who else invites to come? The church invites. Uh, there is one aspect of salvation that has been so eroded, especially by social media, people making light of church and saying we don't need it. And I've seen these quotes. People will get out there by Billy Sunday saying, uh, putting a, a car in a garage doesn't make it an automobile, uh, and being in church doesn't make you a Christian. But they forget in that same breath, Billy Sunday also said this, when a man or woman gets saved, that man will go seek out a church immediately. They leave out that part of what Billy Sunday said. The church is vitally important. And I'm just gonna get this off my chest and just have, just go ahead and lay it out. I am sick and tired of people running down churches that are doing the best they can. The church, it, there is no excuse for a Christian not being in a church. You can make excuses all you want. You can say, well, there's hypocrites down there. Well, yeah, you're right. There's always going to be hypocrites. Always. There's been since the beginning of the church, people infiltrated churches and tried to do the wrong thing. I can't help that. But the church is so very vital because one of our jobs is we invite, yes, the church. We have a mission statement from Jesus. The bride of Christ invites sinners to come to Jesus. That's one of the, that's really what we're here for. I mean, we do have part of it where we train people, 
we're here today, and I, I know everybody here and every one of you are saved. We have that part of it. We listen to sermons. We learn more about the Bible. But still yet, our mission of even existing is to spread the gospel throughout this world. And that means seeing people converted. That means inviting people to be saved, not just to show up to church. The true churches that have not caved into this world are to invite sinners to Jesus. You, you, and you, and me, we're all here to invite people. It's okay to say, I invite you to come to church. That's great. You should do that. But still yet, the ultimate invitation we should be giving them is to lead them to Jesus Christ. And when they're truly saved, they'll seek out a church. <laughs> you will. When you're truly saved, you will seek out a church. I can prove it to you. I can use Anthony, and I know he won't get mad. I did not have any idea who Anthony Palmer was just a short time ago. And when he got saved, he sought out a church where he felt like he would be fed at. He went to other churches and finally he found one that he knew he fit in and here and his mother are here and God is doing the work in their life. He needed that church. He needed that body to be in. And now he started inviting. Amen. I've noticed he'll invite people to come. That's what we do. We're not social centers pampering to perverse sexual sins. I'll just say it. I, there's a, this push in the, the modern church that there are things like homosexuality and transvestism, I think it's called. Or I, back in my day, we said it was men wearing women's clothes. That's what we called it. And they're saying those things are okay, the modern church is, and that we should accept that, embrace it. And that's not the bride of Christ, my friends. That's the seed of Satan is what that is. When you start embracing sin, and that's all you're there for is a social center, that's not a true church. That's not what the bride of Christ does. The true church of the living God makes no excuses for the standards of the Bible. None whatsoever. We preach it, it is what it is, and that's it. I can't help it. I'm glad the Bible is what it is because it causes us to lead a life that is right and leads to eternal salvation. Amen? We embrace the commands of God, and we tell the sinner there is a new life waiting on them. I had to accept that. When I got saved, it wasn't somebody patting me on the hand and telling me my sins were okay. They told me what was wrong with me by the word of God. And when I embraced that, I realized I was a sinner. I accepted that invitation. And thank God Stonefield Church of God was open out there so I could hear the gospel preached. Thank God there was a preacher there that did not embrace the modern social programs of the world. He preached the gospel what the Bible says, and he, and he let it fall where it may, and lo and behold, Pharaoh Wilson got saved. I got convicted of my sin, and I accepted what God said, and I knew he was right. Not everyone can preach. Not everyone can teach. Not everyone can sing. Not everyone can run sound system. Not everybody can be a, a church secretary. But there is one thing we all can do, and we can be part of that mission to witness the gospel of Jesus Christ. You may be dead broke, not have a cent to give, but you can still 
be one of the greatest contributors to the gospel of Jesus Christ by speaking about the goodness of God to those around you. Amen. Thank you for listening today. This radio station is listener supported, which means we rely on your donations to keep us on the air. We're a nonprofit organization, so your donations are tax deductible. We're on the air 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, playing Christian music and teaching programs. We have something for everyone. We're asking for your help today. We need your prayers and your financial support to stay on the air. Won't you please make a donation today? You can make a secure donation by going to our website at www.cross.radio. Thank you for your support and God bless you. The heavenly city invites sinners. In Revelation, we see this great city coming down to earth at the end of times. And that city calls us to enter its portals. It's 1,500 miles square on the bottom. 1500 miles high and this heavenly city comes down to earth and even in the portals of glory that city is calling right now to sinners what an invitation if we think this life is all we have what a miserable people we are if you think this life is all there is and this is the best to offer from god what a miserable people we are paul said that as a matter of fact If all we have in this life is just this, then what a miserable, wretched people we really are. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to speak to a family that lost a a dear loved one, a, a Christian lady. And what an opportunity to share where this dear lady has moved to. The last 11 years of her life, she suffered here on this earth with a, a dreaded disease that many families have had to face, dementia. And uh it, it's been hard on the family. I can only imagine. I know Gary's dealt with that in his life. And, oh, boy, and I, I, I know the Mabrys are dealing with it as we speak. Uh, Randy, you know what I'm talking about. It's just a horrible disease, and it causes much pain and much stress here on this earth. But what a pleasure it was to be able to say where this lady was now, to be able to tell them that she's healed now. There's no more dementia in her body now. Now she's completely healed. And I got to thinking about it. I don't even know Nita. But I couldn't help but think maybe when I show up to heaven one day and I'm at them gates, them eternal gates that never close. Heaven's gates are never shut. And I show up there and Nita shows up and says, hey, come on in. You're not going to believe what's here. I can't wait to show you. I'm your God. Amen. Carry me home. Let me see it. What an opportunity we have, and that hunger is really in every soul to find rest and peace. And the eternal joy can only be found in that city that invites you to enter its gates. So who's invited? The thirsty are invited. It's kind of strange. Glenn was talking about water this morning. But there's a living water that you can drink of to quench that thirst in your soul. The verse that I read, you said, let him who is a thirst come. If you're dissatisfied with this world and all of its so-called pleasures, if you're tired of the dope, if you're tired of the alcohol, if you're tired of the, the, the cheap so-called love affairs of this world, 
at nighttime, if you flip through the channels, I really don't even know what it was on last night. I turned my TV on and flipped on something, and uh, for nine dollars or something, this you could call this lady and she'd cure all your love ills. I'm thinking, boy, that's just cheap as it gets. Nine dollars, you can. <laughs> you, I'm thinking, boy, it, we've sunk to a new low in this world. When you tell people that you can get all the love you want for nine dollars over a telephone or cell, well, cell phones nowadays. If you're tired of all that, I present to you Jesus Christ. He's somebody that will lead you and guide you into the greatest things you could ever enjoy on this earth and the one to come. And who's invited? Whosoever's invited. Uh, when I think of the invitation of God to sinners, it, it, and if I had to read a verse just off the top of my head, it'd be John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son and Whosoever should believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the invitation that we have. We have an invitation to come to Christ because God loved you enough. He made the plan so simple and so perfect that whosoever is invited to come. During World War II, there was a strange ad that circulated around the United States. It said, do not come to San Francisco. There's no room for you. At that time, a, a place, a vacant house was hard to find in the United States, according to what I read. I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't alive at the time. But during World War II, there was just not a lot of vacant homes. And San Francisco was being flooded with people. And they had to put out ads and say, don't come this way. There's no, no, nothing here for you. No room. But Jesus says there's plenty of room for you. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. You'll never run out of the mansions that are there. As a matter of fact, there is one prepared for you. If you've never had a big house, if you're like me and been living in trailers most of your life, I've got a mansion prepared for me. You think it's a mansion? Absolutely. I I think one of the strangest things I've ever heard on (laughs) Christian TV, (laughs) this preacher was saying, that heaven was like a honeycomb. And when you get there, you're going to crawl up in like a comb and you're going to be sealed up there in heaven. I'm like, where in the world did he get this out of the Bible? A mansion is a mansion, my friend. That You look it up in the Greek, mansion doesn't mean a cubicle. It means a great big house. And that's what we have already prepared. It's not that it has to be constructed when you get into eternity. God's not going to have you up there building stuff. Well, I don't know. Maybe we will, but you're not your house. Your mansion's already built. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you that. It's already built and waiting on us to arrive. So. If you're longing for something in this life, if you've never had the good things here in life, there's an invitation for you to have the best in the world to come. Is your heart as black as the pits of hell this morning? God loves you and invites you to come. Are you a drunkard? God loves you and invites you to come into His kingdom sober. So what is the invitation? 
The invitation is to take the water of life. And Jesus provides this water. He offers it. But it's up to you to take it. You have to take it. I can't make you take it. I can only lead the horse to the water. I can't shove the horse's head down in the water and make him drink it. I know many of y'all have heard that old adage, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink it. So when you're desperately ill, if you go to the doctor and he gives you medicine to help you and you don't take it, you're probably going to die. And it's no different with what Jesus Christ is offering you. He's offering you the water of life. He's offering you the water of life. And if you don't take it, you'll die spiritually. Uh, there's something that is not taught much in, in modern churches. And I teach it from time to time. But it's called the second death. You know, we have one death all of us are going to go through. We have that first death. And I was reminded again yesterday that it happens all the time. It invades every family. It's a 100% guarantee that you're going to go through the first death. But the Bible says Jesus took the sting of that death away. But as you go through Revelation, you get towards the end, you see something called the second death. It's the great white throne judgment. For those who do not know Jesus Christ, their Savior, they will face the second death. What a horrible thought. We have a first death, though, that Jesus, he takes the sting out of it. We may suffer here upon this earth. We may leave loved ones that are hurt and hurting for years here on this earth. But Jesus ultimately takes the sting of that away because we have an eternity to gain. But that second death, you think of that, to be eternally separated from God in a place called the lake of fire. And the Bible says this is the second death. It's a death that never goes away. It's not a death that your spirit ceases. It's a place where it's, it's, it's a death because there you're eternally tormented. Why would you even want to take a chance in eternity of that happening to you? You can partake of this water. Your sins will be forgiven. Your heart changed. You'll be born again into the family of God. You'll partake of the divine nature. You have a daily companion. You'll be headed to heaven instead of hell. Why would you want to miss that? And God offers this freely. And I, since I'm saying free, this water that I speak of is free. We got water. Who could have ever imagined the water that we drink in our body to physically sustain us? <laughs> A bottle of water. My wife got me one the other day, and that bottle of water was $2.50. No, it wasn't that cheap springtime water. It was good, supposed to be good water. It was $2.50. My grandpa, I could just hear him saying, now you paid $2.50 for a bottle of water. Man, you could have went out there to the garden hose and got it for free. But Jesus offers a living water that's free. If you have money on this earth, you can buy the finest of hotel and food. You can wear expensive clothes. You can drive even one of these new electric automobiles. I know they're pushing them things hard, but I'm never on one. I doubt it seriously because them things are like sixty, seventy thousand dollars. I'll never own an electric car, but if you got money, you can buy one. And you see rich people driving them all the time. But there's one place you can't buy your entrance into. You cannot buy your way into heaven. 
I love for y'all to tithe. I want you to be blessed here on this earth. But there is no amount of money you can give to the church or the work of God that will buy you a ticket to heaven. You can be broke and not even have two mites to rub together and make it into heaven free of charge by partaking of that water of life. That great price to purchase this eternal gift was paid for at the cross of Calvary. Let me close with this a little story. L.G. Broughton, he pastored around the beginning of the 1900s. He was the uh, one-time pastor at the Baptist Tabernacle in Atlanta, Georgia. And a certain man who was a gambler and a liquor dealer in Atlanta applied for a liquor license uh, to be sold near that church. Brother Broughton went before the city council and posed the granting of the license. And the man was intensely angry at the preacher after the license was refused. The deacons of the church later told the pastor, they said, that man is terribly upset with you. Matter of fact, he told us, he swears if he sees you again, he's going to kill you. And six weeks later, Pastor Broughton went to the church one day, and he found the man that threatened him sitting in his office. And the pastor really didn't know what to expect. But the man began to speak, and he said this to him, Pastor Broughton, let's just get down to business. I went home last night. My little girl was down on her knees praying. And I heard her say this, Lord, please save my daddy. Then I began to remember my mother's prayers for me when I was a child. I thought the boy she used to pray for has sunk so low, he can't even get a liquor license. I've come to ask you to pray for me. The pastor read him Revelation 22 and 17 about this water that he could come take up freely. And they both went down on their knees in that office. As the preacher prayed, the man gave his heart to Jesus. Before he left, the man said this, Brother Broughton, I have three friends who have been with me in gambling schemes, and I want to see them saved. In just a few weeks, this new Christian led all of his friends to the Lord. That is Christianity, my friend. Oh, what a Savior! We have that can reach down to the lowest of the low and bring them up and, and invite them in to drink of that water freely. And invite you to come today. This could be your last invitation today. Will you accept it? Would you stand with me this morning? Father, again, I, I know most of my family here today in this church. No, I, I know all of them. The blessing of a small church is to know people firsthand in their life, and I'm happy to say that I know every soul is saved here this morning in our church, and they're on their way to heaven. They love Jesus. But Lord, we've all been engaged in a radio ministry, Lord, that's going out across the world, and I don't know who's listening. You do, though, Lord. And if there's a person out there this morning listening, and you don't know this could be your last invitation today, I pray right now, that you wouldn't delay another second and you would accept this invitation. Pray this little simple prayer with me. And if you truly believe it in your heart, you'll be saved and your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, eternally saved. And it's a journey that's just beginning and starting. 
Let's pray this together. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Please forgive me my sins, the way I've lived, the things I've done. I'm asking you, Lord, to let this be a new day. I accept your son, Jesus Christ, as my Savior. I accept what he's done upon Calvary's cross. I'm asking for a full pardon of my sin by the blood that was spilled there that day. And Lord, I believe he arose the third day and is now at your right hand, making intercession for me right at this very moment. I'm asking you, Lord, to guide me and help me every day of my life from here on out. And Lord, I give you all the glory and praise. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And our church says, Amen. We're so glad you joined us today. This is the place to come for the best in Christian music and sermons. We know that life can be tough, but we believe that God has a plan for each of us. And we want to help you find that plan. So please, stay tuned for more messages of hope and encouragement. Here at Power of the Cross Radio, we believe in the power of prayer. If you have a need, visit our prayer wall on the website at www.cross.radio. We also believe in the power of Christian music to touch hearts and change lives. So please keep listening. And if you know someone who might need a little encouragement, tell them about Power of the Cross Radio. We cover a wide mix of Christian music. Check the website schedule for more details. And if you have any questions, email us at info at cross.radio. You can also call us at 662-294-0608. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. You can visit their website at cfministry.com.